The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Damn it, I hate it when my orgy pants get all clustery. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you expect anything else? <laughs> that That's how we kick off the 2019-2020 season here on the kickoff, apparently. We're back! <laughs> Go ahead and admit it. You missed us. You know you did. Good evening and welcome as the W2M Network presents the kickoff college football preview edition. Good evening, everybody. Afternoon, whenever you're listening. I am your host. I am the director of this Highway to Hell heading bus. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Those of you who don't listen to, if you didn't get an opportunity to listen to our pre-show, that joke might not make sense to you. The three people that are here did, it did to them. That's all that mattered there. Again, I'm Harry Broadhurst. I'm your host here. Joining me as per usual, the day one co-host turned executive producer, Brandon Biscabing. Enjoy the ride because it's going to be swell and this is my show to not give a shit. Okay, allow me to correct that. The day one co-host turned executive producer, executive producer, bitter Brandon Biscabing. Well, I mean, you know this is coming. <laughs> this, this is the episode that I just phoned it in. Uh, that's you most of the show. What are you talking about? <laughs> False. <laughs> the executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Look. I'm here. It's a wonderful Wednesday night. I'm cooking some dinner. I've got shenanigans to look forward to on Friday, fingers crossed. And hey, at least Brandon made it, what, a solid 90 seconds? He gets credit for that. I mean, yeah, given our college football preview last year where the very first words out of his mouth are, there is no college football playoff. And the chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. I'm here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently if you show up... Speaking about phoning at the end, I've been doing that since I joined this show. Apparently if you show up to his football camp and you're a woman and not a man, he questions where the man is. <laughs> you don't see that shit? No. Oh, dear Lord. I mean, between this and... Mr. Frostbite slash Big Chest. I okay. We, yeah. we will talk about that down the road. We got a college football podcast to get through first. Who has the Raiders next week? Isn't that you, Jason? I think hell, I don't know. Uh, probably. I'm probably. Gonna to, I'm gonna have to go back and check the listing there. We okay. So real quick, something to look forward to here. AFC, NFC previews coming the next two weeks here on the kickoff. In order to shorten the shows, we've each picked one team from each division to discuss, and then we'll talk about our predictions for that team. In addition, if we have little things to chime in here and there about other teams in the division, we can, but we'll try to keep that to a minimum so these shows don't run three hours long. The playoff predictions and the Super Bowl predictions for the NFL will be on our fourth and final show before the regular season kicks off. That will be 
on August today's the seventh, so that would be the twenty eighth. Yes, the twenty eighth. We'll have your playoff predictions, your NFL postseason, like the division winners, wild cards, and then how we feel the playoffs will pan out there. So, like, we're going to have to do something fun with that. Maybe try to do, like, a little miniature trophy for whoever does the best on the predictions or something this year. Well, this year, last year. Th- this year, we all have something uh, in common that will be a bit of a uh, bragging rights thing. What? We all, we all. How do you figure? We're, we're, all, we're all now in my league. That's true, too. And we're going to be getting the. Um, the against the spread predictions pool set up on ESPN.com as well. So we'll talk about fantasy football because at least one podcast on this network has to. Right, Jason? That's correct. <laughs> not only do I get big, t- not only do I get big time when I'm two miles away, I get big time to do the podcast that supposedly introduced us. Shit. <laughs> Don't don't worry. Considering as how I'm actually starting to make a run for your average as far as number of fantasy football league joined, I may have to make an appearance or two this season. Um, months. Wouldn't there have to be a a fantasy football podcast for you to appear, Eric? Fair, or we could just blend fantasy football into the Black Irish podcast. Granted, I don't know how much advice that we would give in those circumstances, but it would be at least a listen. The views and opinions of that podcast do not necessarily reflect the rest of the WGO. It doesn't reflect anybody. It's (laughs) just big, drunken shenanigans. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So now that we have our open out of the way, what do you say we get to actually predicting some college football here? If we if we must, let's let's continue with kickoff after dark. (laughs) More more entertaining than college football. Just getting a college football preview. You ain't getting shit. I mean, besides, if we boil it down to it, I mean, come on. Really? Really? (laughs) We all know this is mostly a formality. Exactly. I mean, you're not entirely wrong, especially given how most of the major conferences line up this year. But for the sake of actually predicting them, we may as well start with Eric's neck of the woods over in the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference. Eric, as the man who has a team in that conference, you are, as they're all, if longtime listeners will remember, a fan of the University of Miami Hurricane. Why don't you go ahead and give your predictions for the Atlantic and the Coastal Divisions here, and then we'll talk about actual conference champion once we get through making our predictions for the title games in each conference. So who do you have facing off in the ACC title game this year, Eric? Well, first I'm going to say, with the Atlantic Division, let's face it, it's all Clemson's world. Y'all fools just living in it. I'm going to say that now. Uh, Vegas has their over-under as far as win total at 11.5 for a reason. I, I think it's going to be maybe a couple of close scares, but there's not going to be one that's like overly, overly threatening 
to the Tigers for another division title. The only the only team I could see giving Clemson trouble in their schedule thus far right now, as I see it, is Texas A&M. And that's only if Texas A&M can come together and put together a full season. The issue for the issue for Texas A&M in that game, though, is it's in Death Valley. Not to mention, even with Jimbo Fisher, I mean, he, he's got some modicum of success, but if you look at his record going to Florida State against Clemson, it, and he, Sweeney's still got the upper hand. Are you going Homer in the Coastal? Honestly, yes. Now, I'm going to say it's not going to be anywhere near an easy ride for anyone. This is the Coastal Division is, to me, aside from maybe the Big Ten West, is one of the most wide-open divisions in college football this season. And with Manny Diaz coming back after that... uh, I can't even say cup of coffee, maybe a sip at Temple. Taking over the range from Mark Richt, you got Tate Martell, a transfer quarterback who thankfully has been somewhat lightened it up in practice. We were escaping the clutches of Ohio State. I see Miami taking that step and getting back to the conference title game this year. Brandon, care to venture a guest? Um, Yes. Uh, obviously, on the Atlantic, it's a no-brainer. It will be Clemson. Uh, for the Coastal, I'll, I'll be nice to Eric and and say I think I think Miami. Jason, are you going to contribute to the status quo, or do you have a differing opinion? Uh, I've got Clemson, of course. I mean, they're going to be a juggernaut this year. Uh, but actually, I'm going to go slightly different. I'm going to go with. Uh, Virginia Cavaliers. We're close, just, but not quite the same. Go ahead and continue your thought. I just, I just, I, just, I think Miami, uh, I think they're maybe a year away from becoming the team they once were. But I think, I just, I just have this eerie feeling that Virginia is going to make a claim to be a football school over a basketball school this year. Well, let's not also forget last year when all of us were either picking Miami or Virginia Tech, it was Pittsburgh who came out of the Coastal Division despite losing to Miami the last week of the regular season. Not to mention, with the, the way that Virginia is, especially on defense, that's the one team that I'm scared of more than anybody in our division. And I wouldn't see be surprised if uh, Wahoo winds up beating us. Uh, uh, correct me. Quick, quick, quick programming note. I've been joined in the Tower of Teasley by a 12-year-old who is staring Happy at Happy birthday, me. Ken! And she is. she came in here to hang out with me while we record. Kenzie, what is that? Miami sucks? And to tell Eric to eat a dick? Okay. That comes from my 12-year-old, Eric. Just, I'm just passing along notes. Okay. How is, it, how is it fair that you're corrupting her and she's 12? You do know this means I have to out-corrupt my nephew now, right? <laughs> oh, it, it's on, Teasley. It is on. 
Uh, I believe this will be the first time I get to do that this year. <coughs> Family show! <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to agree with everybody else about Clemson taking the Atlantic. Honestly, if Clemson's not one of the four teams in the college football playoffs, then Dabo Sweeney's career at Clemson may be in trouble because the expectations are that high in Death Valley this year. That being said, my prediction for the Coastal Division is a return to power for the Virginia Tech Hokies. I think that Blacksburg's defense, the Hokies' defense last year, their Hokies' defense and special teams had kind of a down year last year. I think that we'll see them step that back up again this year. And the advantage that they have this year, I do believe, is if I'm not mistaken, Miami has to come to Blacksburg this year, which I think gives them the edge in the battle for the actual divisional championship, in my opinion. The other team that um, I, I was looking at Vodtech as a potential, but the other team, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they do this year without their uh, quarterback. He is now a uh, a proud member of the uh, of Big Blue. But Duke, see how Duke is going to do uh, this year, because they had a run last year. Yes, Duke is going to do this year what Duke usually does in college football: jack and shit. Fair enough. Suck ass. Yeah, top, pretty much. Get a top, uh, get a top ten quarterback drafted in the NFL. Let's be honest. Oh. Nowhere near a top ten. We'll talk more about that. that makes you some punch babies. Run, Ken's run. <laughs> She's twelve. She's not a baby. I'm talking about like newborns. Uh, go around the horn here real quick. I don't think there's going to be any dissension in this question here. Who wins the ACC championship? Eric. Clemson. Brandon. Clemson. Jason. West Virginia. (laughs) Clemson. Yeah, this is the Tigers division to lose. This is the Tigers conference to lose this year. I don't think there's any question about that. Now, my only thing... As long as it's closer than 38 to 3, I will still consider that improvement. Maybe if we can keep within three scores this year. Let me ask you this real quick here. Um, Obviously, when the kickoff first started, the turnover chain was a huge deal for you. Having having the originator of the turnover chain back in Coral Gables, did that give you more expectations for this year? Or are they about the same level as they would had you guys still had Coach Rick in charge? One word. Well, no, I take that back. Mm-hmm. Technically five words. Turnover chain 3.0. I've seen the practices. I've seen them in the weight room. Now that Diaz is really in charge and has the reins, I'm pumping up my expectations a little bit. Not so much on offense just yet, but particularly defense. Eric, Eric's saying everything, including the mug shots. <laughs> well, I mean, hey. well, compared to what they do and compared to what I do, let's just say, had I had... Family more- show! <laughs> I lose my voice to this broadcast. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yes, yes but... Let's move away from one homer selection and into another. We move over to the Big 12, where Jason is a fan of West Virginia. The Mountaineers came this close to the Big 12 title game last year. 
and a potential spot in the college football playoff. However, it was not meant to be after the way things went down against Texas and Oklahoma. So, Jason, do you have similar expectations for West Virginia this year? And what two teams do you see meeting in the Big 12 title game? Um, I mean, if anybody listened last year, I mean, I was probably the biggest homer on this podcast. Uh, my <laughs> love for Will Greer and the Mountaineers were surpassed anybody else by a wide margin. But this year, I've kind of reined it in. I'm going to be kind of, kind of, you know, realistic. I, I think they have a winning record. I think they finish at best fourth in the division, at worst sixth. Uh, I think there's a really good dark horse team in Iowa State um, that will make a lot of noise that not, people aren't expecting, but. It boils down to a two-team shootout between Texas and Oklahoma. And I hate to I hate to say it, um, horns down and all that jazz. Uh, I will never give – after Texas was the bitches they were last year over the whole horns down thing and getting butt hurt, I'll never give them any, any kind of credit ever again. And I would rather see a team like Oklahoma – prevail with that being said um neil brown has brought a lot of hype to west virginia uh i think he will be everything i'm seeing on him is he's going to be a great fit he's got the team buying in to everything he's getting a lot of juco and you know not even commitments from high school to come down and I don't know what the fuck that is, but, you know. Is somebody taking a shower? Good Lord. But I think Neil Brown has brought a lot of enthusiasm uh, that uh, Bobcat Goldwith left uh, West Virginia in the wake of. Um, So... Like I said, I, fin- I figure West Virginia will finish between the four and six spots with the Big 12 title game coming down to Oklahoma, Texas, with Oklahoma prevailing. Let me actually make sure my microphone is working here before I start speaking. I think that the, bo- the thing with the bottom of the Big 12 this year is that it's going to be a battle between all of the new coaches in the Big 12. Because I don't think that West Virginia is going to be any kind of a threat for the Big 12 title this year just because you guys lost so much from last year's team. You lost your star quarterback. You lost a couple of your defensive players. You lost your star wide receiver, all of whom are going to be playing, if not on Sundays in the NFL this year, at the very least could potentially be playing on Fridays or Saturdays in the XFL in 2020. So I believe that... The amount of talent that West Virginia is going to have to replace this year is going to have them finishing no higher than fifth or sixth in the Big 12 this year. The two teams that I think uh, are going to finish at the bottom of the Big 12, though, are the two teams with the, the, the two new coaches that have the most hype. Les Miles takes over at Kansas coming off of the LSU gig, and Chris Kleeman takes over at Kansas State coming off of North Dakota State and yet another national championship. So I'll be curious to see if, Kleeman can make any kind of a difference at K-State and continue what Bill Snyder's gotten started there. As far as the top of the conference goes, so 
I don't think there's any question. This is Oklahoma and Texas. It's a two-horse race. Maybe TCU, maybe Oklahoma State if the balls bounce their way. Because we saw Oklahoma State in very strong consideration for a run towards the championship of the Big 12 last year before everything fell apart in their, in their, in their game against Oklahoma. Eric, where do you fall on the Big 12? I mean, I'm right there with you. This kind of reminds for those that have, I don't know, watched past documentaries or looked at things on YouTube and for the strange people that will be old enough to remember this. Flashback to the Big Ten under the 10-year war. It was pretty much Michigan, Ohio State, random number generator that their conference. I think this is going to really be the case with Oklahoma and Texas going back to Dallas, fighting for another Big 12 title, where if you throw at a dartboard and see what sticks, you can probably come close to the rest of the Big 12 standing. Although, I'm, I'm going to give Les Miles just a teeny bit of credit at Kansas, but considering is how he really has just about nothing to work with, the expectation they can maybe win one conference game, I really don't see them going any better than two and seven. I think anything even close to a 500 season for Kansas would be considered a victory for them this year, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that the cupboard with the Jayhawk football program is so bare. Not to mention the entire school's under athletic scrutinization over what happened with the basketball team as well, and that cloud could hang over the student body going into the football games. Brandon, I just think that, I think ahead, there's going to be an X. I think there's going to be an X factor in in the Big 12, and that's the transfer. The big name transfer that happened right after the college football season ended, and you know, there was a lot of speculation went around, and uh, Jalen Hurt transferring is what I feel is going to be the determining factor of what happened to the Big Twelve. If he can keep up with uh, trans transitioning from an Alabama offense to, you know with you, you got pretty much an NFL team in front of you, to the high-octane style that the Big 12 plays, I think it's going to be a smooth. But I don't know if he can actually keep up with the tempo in the Big 12. See, I think that's going to depend on which Jalen Hurts you get, and that's actually something I wanted to touch on when I did my conference championship prediction. Uh, The issue with Jalen Hurts is – he had all that talent around him in the SEC. He also had the defense that Alabama has on a year-in, year-out basis there. Unfortunately, this is a Jalen Hurts whose confidence has been broken by his last year and a half in Tuscaloosa, where losing the job to Tua Tagovailoa and then not being able to Say his name right. Tua Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Losing the job to Tua is going to leave Hurts in a situation of he's going to come in with that chip on his shoulder of can I still do this? If he can battle those demons, then Oklahoma has a very serious shot shot at another run at the college football playoff, much like they did last year. If he cannot battle those demons, then Oklahoma could end up middle of the pack in the Big 12, and this whole Jalen Hurts transfer situation could end up being a disaster for Boomer Sooner. Brandon, where do you fall on the top two teams in the Big 12 this year? 
I think logic definitely dictates that it more than likely will be Oklahoma and Texas. But I'll go a little, um, you know, not really myself, Homer, but uh, because of I know two people who are alumni of again of their of theirs. Uh, I'm gonna go against the spread a little bit, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be a battle of uh, it's gonna be a a state rivalry battle between Oklahoma and OK State. You guys there? I think OK State lost too many pieces from last year's team. I think OK State is going to make a run at a decent bowl. They might even get into a New Year's bowl, but I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the top of the conference this year. The biggest the biggest threat to Oklahoma and Texas in the conference to me is Texas Christian, TCU. Fair enough. Because TCU was a team that had a ton of injuries last year, and if they can keep everybody healthy this year, then they can definitely make a statement. All right, so Jason already made his prediction picking Boomer Sooner. I'll go ahead and make mine here. I think Sam Erlinger outplays Jalen Hurts in the Big 12 title game, and I think Texas wins the Big 12. Eric, you're up. Harry, get out of my head. You didn't <laughs> sign a waiver. But I think with Jalen Hurts, he will be able to adapt, especially under that Lincoln Riley style of offense. But we're going to see more of the Jalen Hurts not who led a comeback, but for the reason why Maui Wowie came in to begin with. I think with Ellinger, a little bit of unfinished business. If that chip, another year with just all that talent around, it's going to be hook em horns. They're winning the Big 12. Can I say something about Sam Ellinger? He's a pussy, and I hope he breaks his neck because he's a whiny little bitch. The views and opinions of Jason Teasley do not necessarily reflect those of the rest of the W. Okay, Brandon. But they, they, but they reflect every Mountaineer fan from <laughs> C to signing C, and also, uh, also pretty much the rest of the Big Twelve. Brandon, Boomer in OK State. Uh, uh, yeah, Boomer sooner. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna win the Big Twelve. So we're split right down the middle on the Big 12. Two of us have Oklahoma, two of us have Texas. We'll have to see what happens come Red River. You know what's ironic, Jason? I don't know if I've told you this, but uh, I forget uh, what your state... more said is relevant again? I, I, for, I forget what your stadium is called, but that is the only college football stadium that I've actually been to. Milan Pushkar Stadium? Yes. What? Is that the only stadium you've been to? Only college football stadium I've been to. Yeah, I mean. I, confession, I have never been to a Division One A FBS football game. I've, I've been, been to, to a, couple, a couple. I've been to a couple FCS games, but never an FBS game. I've been to, a like, two, but the, the other one was, like, a showcase game game that they were doing at Giant Stadium. I mean, I've been to, I've been to VU's. I've been to Milan Pitchcar, of course. I've been to Joan Edwards because of Marshall. Um, trying to think if I've been to any other college stadiums. <laughs> I don't think I have. But there's two on my bucket list that I want to 
want to live out one will play to Harry's love and the other one is just I mean they're both in the same both in the Big Ten Big Ten stadiums Michigan and okay. uh, Beaver uh, Michigan Ohio State oh okay uh, either at, at the shoe or Big House either one and then I, I would love to attend a uh, whiteout game at Penn State. In Happy Valley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A night game. I, I want a, well, a night whiteout. Let me let me clarify my statement that I did make earlier. I've actually been to Happy Valley. I've been to Penn State Stadium. Um, it was not for a game. We were just traveling through the area, and I stopped up, and I went into the museum up there. This was last year, actually. I went up into the museum up there. I got myself one of the, the Penn State pillow pets. His mm-hmm. name is Mason. <laughs> We should make like a we should make like a feed for the show so that way I can post a picture of Mason. Yeah. But um yeah, speaking of the Big Ten, actually. Let's um, first time I get to use this this year. Segway. <laughs> As we move over to the Big Ten conference that has fourteen teams because math. Well, the Big Twelve has ten teams, so I mean there is no math in college football because, you know, I, I I'm not gonna say it. Not gonna say it. I'll say it for you. There is math in college football only when it comes to money. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, that I can't disagree with. The math in college football comes down to the almighty dollar. All right, so Eric went first in the uh, Eric went first in the ACC. Jason went first in the Big Twelve. I'm going first in the SEC for obvious reasons. That's where my rooting interest is. Brandon, you want to take the Big Ten first? Sure, I'll take the Big Ten since I do have a. You have somewhat of a vested interest with University of Wisconsin. Yes, since my dad went there. So, Uh, and I think I am actually going to take the Badgers in in the West this year. Uh, But uh, I agree with what Eric said earlier. I think the Big Ten West is probably, uh, along with the uh, the Coastal and the ACC, are the two most wide open divisions in college football this year. Because any one of the top five teams, any one of those first five teams listed on the uh, on your lineup for the uh, Big Ten West, Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, could probably make a reasonable argument for taking that division. Hell, you could probably toss Purdue in there. The only mm-hmm. team that doesn't really stand a chance to win it is Illinois. Yep. I, I think it's probably going to come down to uh, Northwestern and, and Wisconsin. But I think the Badgers will pull it out and they will head to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. As for the East, I think it's a pre- it's pretty much a no-brainer. Ohio State once again. Yeah, I don't know if I can agree with that. I so cannot either. I Me don't either. agree with that. This Jason? is why Brandon phones it in, because he has no idea what the hell he's talking about. Well, yeah, I'm not a college football um, guy. Um, honestly, uh, I think the West is wide open. And I know I'm going to catch a lot of hell for this because, you know, this coach is very has underperformed tra- tragically. But, you know, I'm I'm going to go I'm going to get on the uh, on the on the Nebraska hype. Uh, I think Nebraska comes out of the West. And I know I know it's it's hard to put faith in Scott Frost, but. Here I am no, doing it's it. not, but, you know, it's hard to have it faith in Nebraska. 
it is now that he has an actual schedule to face. Yeah. yeah. But um, I honestly think I honestly think it comes down to Michigan. I mean, I know that that is not a, everybody is you know backing Ohio State, but I think that um, I think the coasting change is going to create a lot of a lot of chaos in Ohio State, and you know you're going to have at least one year of growing pains. So I'm I'm actually going to get behind Michigan and say that they take the East. Eric, where do you fall here? I mean, I really got to agree with Jason. On both counts? Nebraska and Michigan? Forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this, if anything, is Harbaugh's and Michigan's year. If they don't get Ohio State, if they don't win the East, then Harbaugh's going to be on the hot seat however long he remains in Ann Arbor. I really think that with guys like Shea Patterson coming back, a solid offensive line, this is the year that he finally punches through and Michigan finally makes that trip to Indy. Now, who they'll face? I agree with Brandon. It's going to come down to Northwestern and Wisconsin. But even with Alex Hornerbrook gone, I think Wisconsin has just that more, a more dominant tempo. I think that they can really control games, which is going to be more than enough to win the West. And it'll be red versus blue. Wisconsin and Michigan in Indy. I am a man on an island for my prediction for the Big Ten. Okay, now I could start this by saying that I, I could super homer this and pick Penn State to win the East, but this isn't Penn State's year to win the East. Penn State's year to win the East was last year, and we choked it away against Ohio State. I'm actually going to pick Sparty. Wow. I think I think with the weight of the expectations um, I think with the weight of the expectations in Michigan and the turnover process that's happening in Columbus with Ohio State, I think that Sparty is going to be the team that has the biggest opportunity to sneak in. And while those other two programs struggle under the weight of what people are expecting them to do, I think Michigan State could win the East this year. Not only that, I'm going to stand on an island in the West as well by picking Iowa. Let's not forget that this is an Iowa team that was 6-1 and one last year before they lost three straight games. Those three straight games that they lost, though, I will tell you, were to Penn State, Purdue, and Nebraska by a combined 12 points, and two of them were on the road. If Iowa can get their stuff together and having most of their critical games at home this year in Kinnick Stadium, which I'm sure Eric will agree is one of the toughest places in college football to play. No, I can't can't deny that. (laughs) Ask Ohio State. Ask Penn State. Ask Michigan. Ask Wisconsin. I honestly feel like the Hawkeyes could run the table in the West and take things down over there. It's going to be a wide-open division in the West this year. I don't think anybody finishes better than 7-2 and two in the West. 
Oh, no. And again, I will say this about Scott Frost. Look, I was all on board, but after that fateful day watching your debut from a hotel room in St. Augustine, that left some bad memories. Later, some good ones, but it started with some very bad memories. Brandon, who wins the big one? Um, while I would love to see Wisconsin win it, I, I think Ohio State wins it again. Eric. They're lactose intolerant in Indianapolis. Michigan takes it. Jason. No, I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Michigan. I'm gonna pick Iowa. I honestly feel like Iowa could run the table in the Big Ten this year. I feel like they have just what they need, and there is no standout player in the Big Ten this year. There is no superstar player this year. The closest the Big Ten has is in the West, don't get me wrong, in Jonathan Taylor. But I think Jonathan Taylor is canceled out by that by the Florida State transfer that they have at quarterback at Wisconsin now. You, you, you do realize that this is setting me up for the potential of laughing my head off at you later, right? I ain't scared of you. Okay, you, you, but do you, you know, realize that this sets up the potential of you potentially having to wear one of those god-awful, ugly Michigan State uniforms as well? I'm still hoping Penn State wins the conference and I, and I get proved wrong from my own personality. Because For da- if you're going to say that Iowa is going to make the playoffs... Uh, no, no, I didn't say that. Fair enough, but I'm just I saying. Did, I, I, did, I didn't say that. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, shall we? Fair enough. Put the crack pipe down. Let's not get too out of control. I can't afford to lose my job at BW3s. <laughs> yeah, dishwashing comes hard. But I hear that there's an ex- I hear I hear Vince is hiring for the XFL, so maybe I can get on there. Besides, I've had no bad experience as far as uh, an incident involving someone in a crack pipe two weeks ago. So I can't have anyone else. Bad. His his lied to me. I. It's a long story. I'm just going to say, fuck him and fuck BW3s for hiring him as a dishwasher. God. And the horse he rode in on. Nah, it ain't even a horse. It's a, it's a, it's a straight up jackass, just like him. <laughs> what do you do? No, but get this. Remember, they fired him. Yeah, because he sucked at his job as much as he does at podcasting. <laughs> the views and opinions do not necessarily. Yes. Uh, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do. do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> why do you? Why do you think you upgraded to me? <laughs> Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves over there, deeply. <laughs> I mean, my 12-year-old daughter could fill in a chair. <laughs> All right. And have better um, insight. I'm going to be honest with you guys here. I The Pac-12 is kind of a crapshoot this year. Because there are Pac-12 three teams. A shit show. There are three teams in each. There are three teams on each side of the conference that could. But I don't think any of them will matter. 
I'm very uh, curious who, who on who you're. Here? I'm very curious to, to see who you're picking for the playoffs. Then you'll see. Don't worry. Fair enough. Eric, get us started on the Pac-12. Oh. Sorry. I'm going to make this short and sweet. Uh, if you're really looking at any teams that really deserve anything in the South, Clay Helton's going to be fired. And while Utah isn't going to surprise anybody anymore, I honestly think that they could make it out of the South. As far as the North, you got a hybrid trophy conversationalist really for a reason. So Oregon, I think they get back to their ways. Wouldn't shock me if they make the trip to Santa Clara. If it's still there, that is. Suck to California. Um, Jason. I think the South is... I actually, I think the big... The Pac-12 is a shit show, to say the least. I mean, they have no national title contenders out here, and no playoff contenders. Uh, but the they do have what will be a good shootout for the North representation between Washington and Oregon. Uh, the South is going to be subpar, but I'm actually going to go and say the South's going to be. Uh, taken by uh, USC uh, just on a whim. I, I don't know. I think it's going to, it could go USC, UCLA. Um, I'm going to pull for the Trojans just because I like condoms. Uh, but the um, the North is where you're, you're actually going to get your Pac-12 title game in the North uh, throughout the regular season. Uh the title game itself will be meaningless. Uh, I've heard I, that about the condoms. I, and I heard, I, I'm, I'm big timing you, so sit down and shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> Bravo! Mom? Um, so, so I think it's going to actually be Washington. Washington uh, making a statement and being your uh, Pac-12 champion. And well, yes, I was planning on saving the champion. I was no, planning I, on saving I, I want the to get it out of the way because this division is shit, and I don't want to talk about it longer than I have to. All right, fine. Eric, who do you have winning the Pac-12, Utah or Oregon? Oregon. I agree with you on Utah taking the South just because there's really nobody else there that has any kind of a threat to them. Uh, Utah's proven ever since they came over. From, um, oh God, where did they come out of? I know Utah came out of Mountain West. Mountain West. Ever, since they've come, ever since they've come out of the Mountain West, they've been kind of one of the class teams in the Pac-12, despite the fact of having that smaller school reputation. In the, in the North, I agree with Jason. It's going to come down to Oregon and Washington. I think, as uh, Eric mentioned, Oregon has a Heisman Trophy contender in Justin Herbert who a lot of people felt would have been the number one or number two overall pick had he left school this last year. However, I think Washington's schedule benefits them and that they have a much easier schedule than Oregon does. So I agree with Jason, and I'm taking Washington, and I do think that the Huskies win the Pac-12, but neither team threatens the college football playoff. Brandon? 
Washington in the north, USC in the south, Washington takes it. So we have all kinds of stuff going on over here. We got Washington, we got Oregon, we got Utah, we got all kinds of stuff. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the conference that matters the most in college football. Let's talk about the SEC. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be the, the most in depth analysis we do. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to, I think a lot of us are going to agree with the teams. I think they're just, we're just going to agree with the finishes. Can we just breeze through this because we all know what, what this is going to be? See, I disagree. I don't think we do. Because I don't I think, think that it's as simple as that. Yeah, I don't uh, think uh, that this is going to be a runaway in either side of this. Oh, yes, here. it will. I think Bama could come back down to earth. I'm going to go first here because the SEC is kind of my line of turf as a Florida Gator fan. I think Bama could very easily come back down to earth this year. I don't entirely trust. <laughs> oh I my god! This is like saying the Patriots are going to come down to earth. You say it every year for the last ten years, and it never happened. I think that LSU has just as good of a team as Alabama does this year. They lost their iconic coach, though. Their coach has been Ed Ogeron for the last three seasons, Brandon. I thought you said Les Miles just left for Kansas. South. Former LSU coach Les Miles left for Kansas. Ed Ogeron's had the job in uh, Baton Rouge for like the last three years now. Fair and this is, why, this is why we don't ask you for college football advice. <laughs> As you can tell, Brandon clearly phoning it in tonight. <laughs> well, technically Skyping it in because, you know, Skype call. Anyways, regardless. Um, I do think Alabama wins the West, but I don't think it's going to be as dominant as everybody thinks it is. And I would not be surprised to see them lose at least one game in the SEC because they always seem to. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, don't they go to Jordan Hare this year? I believe they do. That has not ended well for them the last two times they've done that. Hmm. But I also think that Auburn is going to be that good of a team this year. If Auburn was going to have a good year, I would say, yeah, Iron Bowl is going to be scary. But this ain't one of those years. But at the same time. I remember last year when somebody was on the Auburn train and picked up for that. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that, too. I don't know what the fuck that person was thinking. Uh, Maybe they were smoking something. I still never got anything from them. So a bit pissed about that. Regardless, uh, I think the West is Alabama's to lose, and I don't think they will, but I would not be surprised to see them drop at least one game in the SEC this year. I think the East is wide open for the top three teams. Georgia, Florida, Missouri, any one of them could win the East. I think that now that Florida has had the opportunity to get used to the new coaching system with uh, my coach and Drawing a blank right now. <laughs> complete brain fart. Complete brain, brain fart on the cut. The coast that came over from it's just Dan Mullen. Mullen, thank you. I know it was Dan. I drew a blank on the last name there. Hmm. I think now that Mullen's had an opportunity to get more of his players into his system, I think that there is a renewed confidence in Felipe Franks after taking the team to a ten-win season last year. And I think that there's going to be a little bit of revenge in the mind of the University of Florida for what happened in the game against. Georgia last year where Florida 
Well, let's face it, Florida underperformed. Not going to lie, that was a glorious day in the era of the cocktail party. <laughs> We're about to be short another co-host. <laughs> because Florida had all this hype coming into that game. They're going into that game at 61 and just laid an absolute egg against Georgia. And it sent Florida into a, uh, it sent Florida into a tailspin that caused the second loss, just uh, the third loss, just the next week against Missouri. Then point out that the Gators ran the table for the rest of the season, including absolutely bitch slapping Michigan in the Peach Bowl. But that's neither here nor there. When it comes down to it, do I think Florida has enough to overtake Georgia to win the SEC East? My answer is no. I will be the biggest Gator homer this season. I will hope that Florida blows out everybody by 50. But I still think there's too much talent in Athens for Florida to be able to close the, the gap quite yet. And I think that we need to get more of Mullins players into Gainesville in order to give Florida the kind of offensive lineup that they need in order to beat Georgia. The SEC title game is Alabama-Georgia once again. And Georgia wins the SEC. See, see, even even when you claim that it's not as cut and dry as you think, as as I think, you still come up with the right answer. Um, I think, like I said, I think we're all going to have the same teams. I think we're just going to have different takes on these teams. Uh, do I think it's going to be Alabama, Georgia? Yes, I, I think those are. I think either one of those teams could win a national title this year. Georgia being the, the no, one they team. Could, they, could end up, they could end up meeting for the national title this year. Yeah, I mean, um, Georgia being the one team that could break up the the monop- monopoly of the two teams that I have in my national title game, and they have been the national title game the last couple of years. Um, I think Georgia is – I think they – Took the the loss to Bama on the chin. They they was leading into the fourth quarter. Uh, Bama came back and won. Obviously, uh, I think Georgia comes out with something to prove. But I think there's two wild court teams. I think there's two teams that could really throw a wrench into everything. One being Florida. You know, kudos to Harry. You know, I'm giving kudos to Florida. The other team, and I'm probably all three of you probably going to laugh at me. I think Texas A&M could possibly throw a wrench into everything. I think they are a complete wild card team that has something to prove and nothing to lose. And those are the scariest teams to play because if you go in with nothing to lose, the worst expe- the worst thing can happen is what everybody expects to happen. Here's the problem that I see for Texas A&M, because I do think the Aggies are going to have a good season. And I don't think that 10 wins is out of the question, but it's going to be difficult given their schedule. Here's why. They they play Alabama at College Station, which helps. But they have to go to Clemson, Georgia, and LSU. Exactly. Nobody's expecting them to win those games. So... 
they, they have they have nothing to lose. Everybody's already written them off on all three of those games. Those are the like I said, those are the teams that are scary. The ones that have something to prove and nothing to lose. They're going to be on the road, the road for three of the top ten schools and gay, college football programs this year. But if they could just went, pull one of those upsets and get a little momentum behind them, that team could be scary. But as scary of a team A&M could be, and I'll admit that, I can't, just like I couldn't go against Dabo Sweeney in the ACC, I can't go against Nick Saban in the SEC until he has some sort of thing where he gets knocked upside the head or something happens and all of a sudden he mysteriously retires or forgets how to coach. Sorry, Alabama is still at least a half step above everybody else in that division. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of kudos, Harry, because I do think the Gators can go ahead and win the cocktail party. They are going to get revenge after what happened last season. However, when you're also in a division with a Nick Saban protege and Kirby Smart, you're close. You can win in that one-on-one situation. But I think Georgia is still going to have enough to where they will do just enough in to see themselves back in Atlanta. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams finish six and two in the division, just because Florida every year loses at least one game in that division that they shouldn't. Uh, last year it was Kentucky. Mm, Don't get mm. me started on that loss. And yeah, that the other fried yeah. gator made some delicious. What wasn't there someone in here who um predicted that? Hey, nope. Bisco. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God, anyway. Um, you know what the bigger issue that I think for Florida is? The two teams that we draw from the SEC West this year are LSU and Auburn, two teams we traditionally struggle against. Yeah, that's going to be problematic. And that's the reason I think Georgia wins the East, because they draw a much easier schedule coming out of the uh, out of the SEC West than Florida does. I believe Georgia draws. Let me check and make sure here. Give me one second. Oh, no, Georgia draws Auburn as well. But their second game out of the oh, it's A and M. Ooh, that could be interesting actually. Maybe I need Jason's prediction to come true. Maybe I need a maybe I need an A and M miracle. <laughs> all right, all right, Brandon, you're up. I mean, I I think we all agree it, it's got to be Alabama and Georgia. Yes, Florida may do better than they did last year. Yes, A&M may do decently, but there's no doubt about it. It's going to be Alabama-Georgia. All right, I already gave my prediction. I said Georgia wins the SEC. Eric? Bama, I don't want it. I don't like it, but 
master versus student. You, you know, the great wise sensei versus the grasshopper. We see who wins. Bama. Jason. Georgia. Brandon. Never can bet against Bama. It's going to be Bama. So you're questioning my prediction as far as who I have in my college football playoff. We're going to get to that officially here in a few seconds. But I will say that something that Brandon hates does happen again this year. Oh, I already know that. I, I already know that that's going to happen considering your predictions. And actually, I think it'll be down between the SEC and the Big and the Big Twelve as to who gets two. Because I would not be surprised to see Oklahoma and Texas in their battle if they split a regular season series. One wins in the regular season, one takes the Big Twelve title game. The argument could be made just as easily for the same situation as Georgia Bama there, as far as who would go and who wouldn't. Depends on how they would do against everybody else. And depending on how, yeah, as Eric said, depending on how close the rest of their games are. All right, let's mm -hmm. move outside of the let's move outside of the power of five here and let's talk about teams outside of the group of five that might surprise this year. Um, I know this is kind of an easy choice to pick here, but I'm going to pick it anyway, especially after the season they had last year. This year this year's schedule is even more favorable. Uh, you know how I mentioned that I had Michigan State winning the Big Ten, or not Michigan State? I have Iowa winning the Big Twelve, the Big Ten. It's been a long time since we've done one of these, folks. Bear with me. I have Iowa winning the Big Ten, and I have Washington winning the Pac-12, but I don't have either of those two teams coming to the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. No, I don't I remember you saying that. That's because I have Notre Dame going eleven and one and getting in. Fair enough. I think Notre Dame is the gatecrasher this year. I think Notre Dame once again gets in. I don't the really count that as a gatecrasher, though. Um, I you you do, but you don't. Jeff, I mean, it, it's one of those catch twenty two type deals. Notre, Notre Dame is an entity amongst itself. Exactly, it's obviously the biggest thing outside of the group of five there. And frankly, I wouldn't be surprised that if we do see some form of realignment in the very near future, that one of the major conferences that comes out of that realignment tries to snag Notre Dame for their own personal mm. services. Just because of all the tradition that comes with Touchdown Jesus and such. Yep. The school from South Bennett, Notre Dame Stadium. But I feel like Notre Dame is too profitable in and of itself with their deal with NBC and everything that I don't think they will ever join a conference unless it's forced I, upon them. See, I don't know. The ACC is trying like hell, and they're a part of the ACC in every other division except for football. Yeah, but yeah, in football, even, they have the deal with NBC and everything. And even then, the fact that the only reason Notre Dame even accepted that partial deal with the football scheduling is because they really didn't have any other choice. Now, granted, if what they should have done many, many moons ago, the Big Ten decides to come calling, mm -hmm. oh, that's going to be entirely okay. different. Okay, Harry, you said you got the Irish losing one game, right? Correct. Who do you got them losing to? 
Because their road schedule, their road schedule is brutal. I think, the only, I think the only game they lose is in the big house. So you think they beat Georgia at Georgia? I, I do. See, I think I think they I think they lose three games. I think they, they lose money. three road games. Correct I think me they lose in the big house. I think they lose at Georgia, and I actually think they lose at Stanford. Uh, Stanford's nowhere near the team it used to be. I don't see that happening. Yeah. I, I think but the thing that helps I, I think the thing that helps them going into the Georgia game is the fact that they play a cupcake in New Mexico the week before. They have a bye going into the Michigan game, but they're coming off of a rivalry game against USC, which I think hurts them for the for the game going to the big house. Plus they have to prepare for Virginia Tech the next week. Man, this schedule is tougher than I thought it was. Yeah, that's that's why I said. Well, it's Notre Dame. They, they always have a tough them. schedule. You said you only got them losing one game, and I was like, you know, I'm you know who my dark horse independent team is, and you guys are going to laugh at this. Um, my, if I can't pick Notre Dame as my gate crasher, my gate crasher's Army. That's exactly who I was taking. Mm-hmm. Been They've super- got. Been super impressed with the job that Jeff Munkin has done there. And if they do play at Michigan. And if they could pull that upset, they would definitely be on the national radar. Not only that, the the only thing that I could see working against them, though, is that they don't have another standout game, though. Looking at their schedule right in front of me here. Rice, Texas, San Antonio, FCS, Morgan State. Tulane, Western Kentucky, Georgia State, San Jose State at Air Force, which will be difficult but not unwinnable. UMass, VMI, at Hawaii, Navy in Philadelphia. There's no other major game in there, and I think that schedule could work against them as far as gate crashing. Okay. How many before Boise State and UCF went on – multiple season winning streaks how many how many times have they have schedules that were in the same vein you're not wrong exactly so i mean i I think i the one thing that i i think that's going to hurt army is something that is that is ridiculous and how it's going to be viewed is because they're a military school. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to hurt them. They're... See, I would disagree. I would think that that would be a benefit, though, just because I believe that you have a still you still have a strong portion of the country that wants to support our troops and support our future our future men. No, I think no. I think the I, country yes. voters know. Yeah. See, I think especially nowadays with how especially college football is. I agree with Eric, or I agree with Jason, rather, because the voters are basically going to say, we give them their money game. We give them their showcase game at the end of the season against Navy. Why are we wasting a spot that could go to one of the bigger power schools for a New Year's Six to a military school? Especially the fact that they're not just a military school, but they're an independent mm-hmm. military school. So that's even a bigger hindrance because 
all the times you've had Navy in conferences, especially now in the American, when they've had their seasons and they've been flirting even with the top 25 right up there. Is there any consideration as far as them coming close to being a gate crasher for uh, the New Year's Six? No. no. So not only is that a strike against you, but the Army, they've got to strike. I mean, granted, I would love to see what the triple option would do, especially as you get that through the season. Teams really can't prepare, but... Well, I don't think that they would be any kind of a danger to go to the playoff or anything, but I do think that a New Year's Six is not out of the question. Yeah. Let's not forget that this Army team almost beat Oklahoma last year, too. Well, but again, the same thing that I just said about with the triple option, it would be great to see, but it also gets you only so far. Mm-hmm. All right, Eric, who's your party crasher? Me and Jason are both going to agree with Army. I mean, why well, I would love to see a team like Army. I'm not just going to say this because of where they are, but I'm going to say this as far as an under-the-radar talent. And this is a team that's really been on the rise the last couple of years. I am going west. I'm going to the Mountain West but not the Mountain West team that you would think. So not Boise State? Not Boise State. Utah State. The Aggies? No kidding. Yes. I mean, the fact I have seen them play over a few smatterings of times, especially, you know, late at night, watching the certain after-dark games, and I see where the hype is coming from with Jordan Love, and I think that because they're already getting that little bit of attention, I think Utah State would be a team to capitalize off of this. And with your main powerhouse being a team like Boise State, who's to say that they don't somehow find a way to run the table? And then you got to think, well, hey, wait a minute. They could be New Year's Six worthy. Well... I will say this much, if they do run the table, if they have anything close to running the table, they will have a major victory on their schedule because they go to they go to uh, LSU on October which, 5th. Which, hey, that's that statement game, and especially with Love's Eisman talk, anything can happen. I am curious as to who LSU plays. Oh, not only that, they catch LSU with a very good week as well. Because that's a look-ahead game for the Tigers. Guess who LSU plays the very next week? Bama? Florida. Yeah. Oh! That could very easily be a look-ahead game for for LSU. Utah State went, what, 11-2 and last season? 12-2, and something like that? I think they won their bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they did. So, and if I'm not mistaken, they, um, I believe they went to the Mountain West Championship game last year as well. They did. Uh, they lost to... I was going to say, I think they lost, but I think they went Nevada, I want to say. Oh, no, because they're in the Mountain Division. Was Fresno State they lost to? I forget. It might have been Fresno State. Hold on, I can check that right now. One second. 
Rough. Rough. I agree. Very rough. <laughs> um, actually, no, they didn't go to the big to the uh, they didn't go to the Mountain West title game last year. Boise State did, and Boise State lost to Fresno State. Yeah, because I remember Fresno State winning, and that was like a bit of a shock. Yeah, I think it came down to like a head-to-head tiebreaker. Um, the last week of the regular season, Boise State beat Utah State 33-24. Bam. Mm-hmm. But this is a Boise State team that, like I just mentioned, though, went 11-2 and last year. So yeah, it's so not exactly can't... like they're entirely off of the radar with that prediction. No, not at all. So... All right, Brandon, what do you got for me for your uh, for your gate, your potential gate crasher for your New Year's Six crash? Well, first off, if we're counting Notre Dame as a gate crasher, then it's self-explanatory who I'm picking. Because here's a little PSA for all of you group of five fans. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? You're playing a glorified exhibition season. You have no chance in hell, as we've seen over the last two years with UCF, you have no chance in hell of ever doing anything of relevance in the current college football system. So, therefore, why do you care? Why even bother playing? So, yeah, it's Notre Dame. They're the only ones that really matter if we're counting them in this in this gatecrasher group. Because everyone else is just... What's the point? All right, well, let's assume that there is a point. Who's your gatecrasher? If... If we're excluding Notre Dame, you know what? I'll go for the trifecta, especially considering they're uh, they're ranked pretty highly in the preseason polls. UCF does it again and proves everyone wrong. Oh, with their quarterback situation? Yeah, no. Well, didn't they get one of the marquee transfers, though? Define marquee. They got Winbush from Notre Dame. Notre Brandon Winbush, Brandon Winbush, yeah. Um, well, do you think that that's a situation with Winbush where he's, uh, where he was under too much pressure at Notre Dame and he'll be able to play a little bit better at a lesser, at a lesser quality school? Because he had Ian no. Bulk breathing down his neck last year. No, I don't think so. Jason, anything to add? Nope. Nothing. I will say this much as a fan of college football and as a fan of what they were able to accomplish over the last two years, even though I completely took the piss out of them every opportunity I had on this show. My best wishes to Mackenzie Milton. I genuinely hope that the kid's able to play again. I don't know if he will be able to play again because the injury that he suffered was absolutely brutal. One of the worst things I've ever seen on a football field. But nothing but the best to Mackenzie Milton as he's recovering. Hopefully he's on as a solid of a recovery path as Alex Smith is, but cool. <laughs> Speaking of injuries, Alex Smith. Oh God! Ugh, ugh. I just threw up a little. Yeah. Okay. Eric. Yeah, yes. Who wins the Heisman? Oh, you know, 
while I would love to say someone like Love and Justin out of Oregon right now, especially if he can come anything close to what he did last year, this is Trevor Lawrence's Heisman to lose. Brandon, who wins the Heisman? Has there ever been a back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner? Archie Griffin, yes. Ohio State, 74 and 75. I think it's going to happen again. Really? Because Kyler Murray's in the NFL. Oh, oh wait, right. I, I thought Tua <laughs> got it last year. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Then I then then this is then this is Tua's year to lose. Simple as that. Jason. Well, I would like to agree with Eric and Coach Boone. I I I, I won't. Sunshine will finish second. And how I have a faith in Nakuna Matata, he will finish third. What a wonderful phrase. <laughs> My pick for the... Uh, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. I'm pulling the trigger. My pick for the 2019-2020 Heisman Trophy winner. A lot of people is going to have to stay up late to watch him. And he will be the number one drafted quarterback. He's taking Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. I highly doubt it happens for the same reason that it didn't happen for uh, McCaffrey. (laughs) Once he got to the NFL. I mean, run run CMC's pretty much taken over in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I think think this is going to be a dark horse so much that I've Put fifty bucks on him in Vegas to win some money. What were um, I think it's twelve to one. I got it. I got it at eighteen to one. Damn, that's a uh, good value pick. Kudos to you. I approve. Uh, I, I, I put a little. I put a little money on it. I mean, hey. I, I, I would. I would. <laughs> I would take the. I would take them the money if he wins. Uh, but I think your three finalists are all going to be quarterbacks. And I think it's only going to take, he's going to have a solid season, but I think the Washington game will be his uh, statement game. If he can pull out the win against Washington um, and put up stats in the games they lose or close and rely on the defense rather than his play, I think he'll take home the hardware. Eric, quick question. Yes? Hypothetically, if you wanted to place a bet on who would win the Heisman, where could you do that? Now, I know that this is a site that has had some issues. I know that they've been called out. I've done some research on them. I abstained for them for a while while the mess got sorted. But my wallet will always belong to mybookie.ag. Granted, I don't think they're running any promo codes, but unless you really are big balling and you can go to Bovada and all these other places, stick with mybookie, at least for a little while. I think I'm about to make an enemy. 
Oh, God. About 90% sure I'm about to make an enemy on this podcast. Who? Jason. Why are you going to make an enemy? Because God, my pick... Take, you're going to take that dirty cum-sucking cut out of Texas? My pick for the 2019 Heisman Trophy winner is Sam Ellinger, quarterback, Texas. Well... Just so you know, it's going to be hard for him to win the Heisman as a vegetable in a wheelchair. Jesus. I'm Damn. shutting up this one. I'm going to finish eating my ribeye. Again, the views and opinions of Jason Teasley do not necessarily affect those of the rest of us here at the kickoff. All right. Well, before you finish your before you finish your steak, Eric, let's get your college football playoff and your national champion. Honor the four. Who are the four who wins the title? Of the four, Alabama, naturally. Clemson, Mm -hmm. naturally. Mm -hmm. As much as I like Herbert out of Oregon, while I do see them winning the Pac-12, I really don't think it'll be enough. But I do see a couple of other conference champions going in, Texas and Finally, for Harbaugh's redemption, Michigan. Who's your national champion? Clemson again. It's going to be the best of five rubber match between Clemson and Alabama. And Trevor Lawrence, long, long flowing locks at all, unzips and says, hey, Saban, ready for another? Thank you very much. I will say it was quite nice watching them just beat the absolute dog shit out of Alabama last year. Oh, that was glorious. Coach Boone had him ready. What can we say? Brandon, who are your four? Who's your champion? My four are Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and hopefully the committee makes the right choice and puts in Ohio State over Georgia. But I could easily see seeing them doing that old SEC bias and putting in double SEC. As for national champion, what do you think? It, it you know, yes, they lost last year, but they're going to be coming for revenge. Alabama, you can never bet against them. Jason, are you guys sitting down for this? Yes, well, then again, God. you picked West Virginia to win the title last yeah, year. Yeah, so. so it can't be any crazier <laughs> than that. Te- Texas will not be in it. It will be Oklahoma. Michigan. Clemson. And Georgia. Oh, Clemson oh, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. No, there is no chance in hell, as we've seen a few years ago, there is not a chance in hell that they do not put Alabama in. They will find some loophole. They will find some excuse to put them in. <laughs> you're you're delusional. You're delusional. Point. Uh, Even though ESPN ain't gonna make anywhere near as much money. And they're going to get into the committee's ear to find exactly. someone to have Exactly. But, yeah. Telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is the year 
that Alabama misses. You're the you're delusional. There is no way that they lo- that they miss out until they get a real system in. There is no way. I hate to say it, Jason, but I'm with Brandon on this one. My four are Georgia, Texas, Notre Dame, and Alabama. No Clemson? Shit. Yeah, I was just going to say. Take that back. Take that back. Pull Notre Dame at Clemson instead. Fair enough. Uh, who's your national champion, Jason? I got Clemson over Georgia. I have... I'm going to pick Clemson as well, but I'm going to have them beating Texas in the title game. Can't do that with quarterbacks in a wheelchair. Yeah, it's just easily. You're so confident that Bama ain't getting in. You want to put some on it? We, we could put something on it. We'll figure that out in the group chat. We'll let you guys know what that bet will be next week here on the show. I mean, I will be passing through Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. We're coming we up could, on a... We could put dinner on it. We, we could put dinner on it when I come to Jacksonville. Sounds like a deal to me. All right, there you have it, folks. I guess you don't have to wait until next week's <laughs> episode. Why wait until next week when you got yourself a goddamn deal right now? <laughs> yeah, you. How half these people might not come back next week? <laughs> <laughs> we can't leave on a cliffhanger. They might not come back. We're not that entertaining. <laughs> uh, all right, Jason, credit. That popped me. I'll give you credit. That was a good one. Well done, sir. Well done. I mean, hell, uh, we might not, hell, there might be some of us on this panel that don't come back next week. <laughs> <sighs> Can I just say that I missed this? Mm-hmm. It's been far too long since we've got the crew together. I know we were supposed to do a draft preview and review. Unfortunately, schedules and illnesses got the better of us for those. However, we will discuss certain aspects of the draft when we do our team previews over the next two weeks. The one that you're not going to want to miss is in three weeks on the 28th when we do our NFL playoff predictions as well as our Super Bowl champions, MVP, and coach of the year. Playoffs? We talking about playoffs? Playoffs? Hey, look at the bright side, Brandon. At least we're not talking about practice. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Just... To steal a line from the WWE's Darren, formerly of the WWE's Darren Young, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Eric, where can people find you online? Oh, well, it depends. If you're nice. Family style version. Oh, okay. At Squid Sportshead. I was going to, look, I was going to throw y'all people a little bone. Blame Harry for that one. But yeah, at Squid Sportshead on Twitter. And I'm still around elsewhere here on the W2M network. Um, there's still a periodic soccer to the Mac. It's still somewhat of a thing. So there's that. <laughs> you watching the Pan Am games at all? No. I mean, granted, I get that it's Lima, Peru, 
But if you're going to put beach volleyball in my face constantly and I have to wait through six and a half hours of programming sometimes at a time, could you not have the competitors wear those full body suits? It's not that cold. <laughs> Everybody knows that beach volleyball is about the bikinis. Come on, man. Exactly. <laughs> but no. I don't even have that pleasure. Oh, well. You can get more. You can get more thoughts like that from Eric at Point of Viewer on Twitter as well. Yeah, and we're probably going to be coming up with a new Twitter uh, for the Black Irish podcast, which, yeah, we still need to make that day happen. I got to get more booze. Yeah, something about, something about the guys on this show branching out into other podcasts together doesn't work. <laughs> Bring it! Ah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, well... Eric won't big time me like Brandon does. Speaking of which, Brandon, where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter very rarely, but at uh, Bisco underscore Gotham SN and on the Facebook chats and all of that good stuff. Jason, I know you don't use it much either, but where can people find you on Twitter? Actually, I use my Twitter quite often during fantasy football season. It's at TurkeyGlue822. And as we speak, you can also find me not only on a Hobbs and Shaw review, but also on a Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark review coming up on the Radley Dream Broadcasting Network, as well as I will be on the Golden Point Sports Network upcoming too. I've got a pretty busy August. Yeah, Foster's trying to get me involved with Golden Point as well. I told uh, him he, just, wants you, he wants you to come on and preview the bills. We've already talked. I'm the one that told him to, to reach out to you if he wanted a, a legitimate um, AFC coverage of the bills that you was the go-to person. You're well, I'd like, I'd like to think that I'm the go-to person, at least in our circle of friends for the bills at least. I am on Twitter at H-E-B the Eagle, even though I will openly admit to not using it very often. I am also here on the W2M Network in the SmackDown Live review, assuming that ever picks back up. Schedules have been what they are recently. Me working the entire July, pretty much. Yeah, not to mention with the Raw review, well, you being absent for SmackDown obviously means you were absent for Raw. So <laughs> exactly. Um, but if you are interested in my thoughts on wrestling, you can check out the Raw Reaction over on the Chair Shot Radio Network every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. as myself, 411 Manius, Tony Acero, and either Andrew Belaz or Liz Puglisi discuss Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> I think that wraps us up. Although, i got to be honest with you, I don't want to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been fun. We've got another week ahead of us. Football is back. If you don't want to end the show, I can tell you a very interesting story that happened a couple of years ago. All right, actually, the one thing I am going to do before we get out of here is I want to let everybody out there know who which teams we're going to be previewing for our uh, AFC previews. So I'm trying to scroll back and find that. So, Eric, I do need you to stall for me for a few seconds. Well, yeah, I think. I, and hopefully, I know, kind of have this whole somber thing, but with everything that's going on. See, we here at the kickoff, we bring you football insights, laughter, shenanigans, 
interesting stories with mothers and daughters. But we do that, and we hope that we were at least a pretty joyful distraction from all of the tragedy over this past mm -hmm. weekend. I mean, shout out to Dayton and El Paso. This is just the kind of things that we shouldn't have to bring us together and sort of things actually not happen. To, there are to, certain ideologies in this world that I don't like, but there's always at least a time for compassion and two cities in mourning have really shown that. So while times are dark, there will always still be some sheds of light in the world. To bring it into uh, what we've been discussing, at least for the uh, next few days, let's go Flyers and uh, Miners. Damn straight. Well, technically, I guess Dayton has an FCS score, right? Yeah, that's they're, what uh, I was saying. They're the Flyers. Yeah, the Flyers. And then UTEP is in is Conference F USA, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um to echo to echo Eric's sentiment, as I just found what I was looking for, so I'll get to that in a second, but to echo Eric's sentiment, um, it doesn't matter what your beliefs are, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. Um, we hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Um in the end, we're all human, mm -hmm. and it would be damn nice if we acted like it. Damn All right, so to give everybody the rundown for who we all have next week, for the AFC East, I'm covering Buffalo, Jason has New England, Eric has Miami, Brandon has the Jets. For the North, I have Cincinnati, Jason has Cleveland, Eric has Baltimore, Brandon has Pittsburgh. For the South, I have the Colts. Jason has Tennessee. Eric has Jacksonville, of course. Brandon has Houston. And for the West, I have Denver. Jason, you do have Oakland. So you can talk about Antonio Brown getting frostbitten. <laughs> Eric has Kansas City. We may or may not have a guest spot planned for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Oh, I... <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Are you ready for more and, Mahomes time this year, Harry? I'm gonna hang up on all you motherfuckers. Hang up on me, I said fucking Holmes. Hey, Harry. Harry, okay, no Jason can stay. Guess what time it is, Harry? Time for you to eat a dick. <laughs> it's eleven. It's eleven forty-seven Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Daylight. Uh, it's August. <laughs> I don't give a fuck when it, I know when the fuck it is. It ain't my home's time. That motherfucker's gonna break his neck with. Oh god! I will say, to be fair, I think he will have a bit of a sophomore slump. I think I'm he. I think he finishes QB ten. I don't know if I'd go down quite that far. But I don't think he's anywhere near the discussion for the MVP race this year. I think that now that teams are going to have more film on him, they're going to be able to figure him out. Mm -hmm. I'll be talking um, about where I think he'll be stat-wise. I think Daniel Jones finishes higher than him. What? Oh, God. Uh, no. Now we know you're foolish. <laughs> yeah, just, just no. And this is coming from a fellow Giants fan. Jason, remember, you of all people know, you need to pace yourself when eating edibles. I think you <laughs> take too much. 
No, I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, I uh, like Harry said. I think teams have to have a lot more tape on him, and they're going to be able to scheme for him better. And I hope he breaks his neck. Uh, no, okay. I, I hope he. I don't hope he breaks his neck. I hope he breaks his leg. Because, but not like not like Alex Smith broke his leg. No, <laughs> I hope he gets like the Thiesman break. God. God. You know what that would do to me on one of my fantasy teams, you asshole. <laughs> no, no, let's 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 go back. I hope he gets the Wilson he knee injury. There we go. Wow. Now he's throwing shade at the Hurricanes too. No, I'm a former I'm a former Hurricane fan. I was at that I was actually at that game in the parking lot. I didn't go in the stadium, I was in the parking lot. I was drunk. You sort of, you could have still gotten into the stadium. I mean, after all, this was still in the Orange Bowl. You would have fit right in, Drum. <laughs> I would argue. I'm saying this is a hurricane fan. I I would argue that in the city of Miami, the sober ones are the people who stick out. Uh huh. Pretty much. Mm. No, no. I was. This was back when I, when I, I drank a lot. As opposed to now, only drinking a little. <laughs> Actually, I don't drink as I don't drink as I drink like an eighth of what I used to. Like two beers in the Black Iron <laughs> podcast, I'm gonna be feeling good. Good to know, so I won't have to get that much to keep pace with you. <laughs> but we need I still have my connections at my old job, so we need to quit recording and end the show. Yeah. All right, folks. There's your AFC preview. Just to wrap it up, Brandon obviously has the Chargers. That'll be your AFC preview. That'll be next week here on the kickoff. It's great to be back. We hope you guys were entertained, maybe even a little bit offended, because that's kind of what we do around here. (laughs) And to the two people that are still with us, we love you. (laughs) If, If you message the code words, mother, daughter, if you've gotten to this, Find a way to mention that on Twitter, and I will personally invite you to my dark Twitter. Oh, God. Hashtag mother daughter. Uh. Hashtag motherfucker, and I'll get you in a fancy football league. For Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Biscoping, I'm Harry Broadhurst. This has been the kickoff on the W2M network. We'll see you guys next week with our AFC preview. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.